Happy Thanksgiving Eve. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale, here on Wednesday, November 21st, 2018. It's going to be all about the game on today's show. Let's start right at the top, my friend. That team up north is favored by four and a half points. It's open at three and a half. Now it's up to four and a half. Bax, is this the year the Wolverines finally beat OSU in the horseshoe, or will the Buckeyes take care of business and get the win? The line's moving because everybody thinks Ohio State's defense is utter trash. I don't disagree with them having watched the Maryland game with utter trepidation. So I get why the line is moving, but let's be honest, Urban rarely, if ever, loses rivalry games. So I'm, uh, I'm not going to say it is because guess what? They, they literally haven't beaten Urban Meyer at Ohio State yet. It's 15-2 and two the last 17 years at Ohio State. And I vividly remember 2004, which was the last time Ohio State was a home underdog in this series. The Wolverines were supposed to pound the Buckeyes. It was like a six-point favorite. Ohio State won by 16 points. So let's not get ahead of ourselves because Michigan schematically isn't that different from Michigan State. Yes, they're a much better offense, but our linebackers will actually be able to play inside the box and that might actually help them versus the type of offense we saw against Maryland or Nebraska. And if Ohio State's defense just plays at an average level, average level this week, the offense is good enough to win the football game. So, no, I'm not going to pick Michigan to win the game. I'm not either. I'm thinking Ohio State. I got them in a close game, but I have Ohio State winning this game 24-23. to um, What's your prediction on the final score? I could see it being something along those lines. I, I'm thinking you're looking at more like 31-27 or something like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan covered. But, you know, let's be honest. Two years ago there was that really tight game in the horseshoe where they came down in Ohio State, ended up pulling it out despite an abysmal day from the offense. And then late in the game, managed to get a couple runs in and they won. Well, maybe the flip script this year. I can see the offense carrying the game while Michigan moves the football, but I want to point this out to people. Last week was by far the most snaps the Michigan defense has been on the field against Indiana, right? They've only been on the field for like 55, 60 snaps a game. Ohio State ran over 100 plays last week against Maryland. So if this offense plays with tempo and has some success early on, Michigan's defense could go on their heels. Um, I want to share a historical fact with some of you guys. Back in 2006, Dave, do you remember how glorious and wonderful the Michigan defense was? It was the greatest yeah. run defense in America. They were giving up like 44 yards a game on the ground or something ridiculous. And then they gave up two touchdown runs longer than their entire season game per game average on the ground to Ohio State. There's a long tradition of teams of that school up north having something that they do extremely well coming into the OSU football game and then utterly falling on their faces because OSU is just flat better than them. So, again, yes, people are favoring Michigan. 
This is not a predetermination that they're going to win the football game. In fact, if anything, it helps Ohio State because well, Urban's going to use it all week. He's like, I didn't even realize they were favored. Bullshit. Bullshit, Urban. You knew damn well they were favored, and your team knows damn well they're favored. Let's be real blunt here. One of the great things Urban Meyer does, he with the psychology degree, is motivate his players. This is going to be a motivated Buckeye football team on Saturday. Looks like about a 50% chance of rain. Um, that's the forecast right now, so it'll either you know, probably um, be snowing or be like a 60-degree beautiful day based on the way the forecast changes here in the great state of Ohio in like a 48-hour period. Um, but you know, right now they have uh, about a 50% chance of rain three days from now, not two days from now for the game, of course. Um, if it does rain, uh, how do you think that impacts the game? Because when JT Barrett was the quarterback, Ohio State would just shut things down in the passing game. But I tend to think things are different with Dwayne. I mean, this is we, you know, Ohio State has the number two passing offense in the country. They have the number two total offense in the country, which I think kind of gets lost in the shuffle with all the, you know, and myself included, just worrying about the defense. I don't think we talk about the fact this offense is electric, um, particularly in the passing game. But if it does rain backs during the game, how do you think that will affect things on both sides of the ball? Well, if it rains, I don't think it makes a damn difference for Michigan. And for OSU, I think it makes a very minor difference. We're talking 50 degrees in rainy. We're not talking 35 degrees in rainy. Um, you know, Ohio State plays on a turf field. It does not play on a grass field where the footing is going to be a concern. And from what I understand, the rain is now supposed to pass before the game. So all things considered, I don't think it really affects it that much. Um, it's not like we're playing in snow. So... I think yeah. everybody's going to talk about snowball part two. Yeah, I've been to Michigan games where it's been 25 degrees, and I think that's way more of an effect than it is if it's raining if it's 50. You're cutting out on me a little bit, but let's let's hope we keep your connection. Uh, let's get to some injury updates. We'll start with that team up north. Now, this is just my conjecture, but I seriously doubt Chase Winovich plays in this game. What are your thoughts? It's pure Harbaugh centrifuge. Yeah, 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 he didn't break it. We'll see where he's at. It's a good spot. Please. Just like, I don't think there's any chance he plays. I think it's a severe injury. I think they're not going to risk their player. Uh, And honestly, I don't think he's capable of playing. And that's a huge blow for them because he's their defensive player. He's the heart and soul of their defense. And, you know, injuries, even for guys who play for that school, but losing him is a massive blow for them because, he is their most impactful defensive player, bar none. For Ohio State, let's start with the guys that Urban says are definitely going to play that have been banged up. Mike Weber, he's playing. Terry McLaurin took a big shot at the end of the Maryland game. Left him a little woozy there. Um, but he did not go in concussion protocol, had no symptoms of a concussion. So Terry McLaurin will play. It, it would have taken Terry McLaurin losing, losing like a leg or having like his knee swell up to the size of a basketball like John Simon in 2012 for Terry McLaurin to miss this game. Baron Browning's also back, so that's good for Ohio State. Weber, McLaurin, Browning all back, particularly Weber and McLaurin. Um, although Baron Browning can up on special teams. You never know in this game. All it takes is one play. Thayer Mumford's the one that I'm interested in. Urban said he's probable, and then on the call, that was on Monday, and then on the call yesterday, Big Ten Teleconference, Urban said something similar. I hope he's just shooting people straight, and that's not gamesmanship, and he knows that Mumford might not play. Just... I know we're just spitballing here, but are you confident Mumford's okay? 
yeah, I think Munford's okay, but I'll go a step further and say twice that I've seen Josh Olavi, he's been perfectly capable to play left tackle. He's been a pleasant surprise, to be real honest, when he's been in. So Munford, I hope, plays, uh, but I think Ohio State will be okay at left tackle. And this is something I touched on the postgame live on this week, too, Dave. A lot of people are talking about the O-line still. The O-line just blocked for 700 yards and 52 points. I think they're getting better. Yeah. I mean, that's it goes into it. You have the number two total offense in the country, and we keep talking about Again, I'm guilty of this as anybody. I'm not throwing stones at anybody. And we talk about how awful this offensive line is. I've talked about how it's the, the worst of the Meyer era. Then I think, well, they've, they've been some – that's a pretty damn good offensive line during the Meyer era. Look at all the NFL offensive linemen and early picks that they put in the NFL. And even guys that weren't drafted like Andrew Norwell have become like superstars. So – yeah, it's the worst offensive line of the Meyer era, but that's a high bar. Um, all right, a couple more things we'll get you out of here. Um, what do you when you look at that team up north? What's their weakness? Well, first things first. I I think they are entirely too dependent on establishing the running game of Karan Higdon and doing everything from it. Everybody acts like Shea Patterson is some mobile quarterback in the vein of J.T. Barrett. Did you know until last week he had an 81-yard rush against Wisconsin? That was half of his season total running the football. So I think that this Michigan offense, if you slow down the run and you put the entire game onto Shea Patterson's shoulders, we saw what happened against Notre Dame. He was not able to complete those passes, and Harbaugh was only sending two, three receivers out in the route. Now, we all know Ohio State's defense has its massive problems, but – I'm not sure that this offense is set up to throw the ball and come back. I think that's something to keep a close eye on because I think Ohio State's going to sell out to stop Higdon. And last thing, okay, I lied to the people. It's not just going to be about the game, but uh, I do want to address Ohio State staying 10th in the college football playoff rankings. They got jumped by UCF, so it really feels like they dropped, even though they stayed at 10th. Um, I I still feel like if Ohio State wins out because Michigan's ranked 4th, the committee now has Northwestern ranked 19th, I think Ohio State has a better chance than most people think if Ohio State wins out to make the CFP. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I certainly don't think it's remotely close to over because this. remember the committee does this thing where they talk about what we have up to right now. And while putting UCF ahead of Ohio State right now to me is a little goofy, Ohio State has the opportunity to add two ranked wins to its resume. I think there's a strong chance that you see Oklahoma get knocked out by West Virginia or Texas, whoever they play the last couple games. Obviously, Michigan would be ranked behind them if they beat them. Two-loss LSU is not going to stay ahead of them. I think you could be in a situation where it comes down to, do you pick Ohio State or do you pick Washington State? So, you know, with the opportunity Ohio State has ahead of them, I think they're in great position. And honestly, at this point, all I'm worried about is win your games. You win your games and things will take care of themselves, plain and simple. Great insights, as always, from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch him after the Michigan game with Bucknuts Post Game Live. I believe you're going to be writing a bucket this Sunday, so that will make all the people happy that I've not been uh, reading the bucket lately. And uh, so really appreciate your time here, Bax, on the eve of Thanksgiving. And thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Enjoy the turkey and the stuffing and all that good stuff tomorrow, Bucknutters. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.